Welcome to the Manx Theatre Podcast. Hello and welcome back to episode 48 of the Manx Theatre Podcast with me, Neil Callan. Thank you to everyone who's listened to our previous episodes. If you're brand new to the podcast, welcome along and thanks for joining us. In this podcast, we like to try and keep you up to date with what's going on in theatre on the Isle of Man chatting to the cast and creatives of upcoming shows to find out a little bit more about the shows and the people behind them, and also what our Manx-born and bred performers are doing further afield. Coming up on this week's podcast... I'm joined by Charlie Williams from Paradise Theatre Company and three of the cast members from their upcoming production of The Merchant of Venice. You can still listen to all of our previous episodes through all the usual podcast outlets and at manxradio.com forward slash podcasts. Whilst you're there, make sure to give us a like and click subscribe or follow or whatever it is you need to do to make sure you never miss an episode. Since the last episode, we've had a very successful and well-attended Full Monty from Two Feathers Productions, which we talked about in the last episode, and also Kinky Boots and Sunday Night at the Gaiety from Tailoring Productions. We had hoped to catch up with Casey Crane, Vic Wilde and Nick McLean, but unfortunately, due to a busy rehearsal schedule, we just couldn't find the time. I'm sure we'll find another excuse to chat with Casey and Vic in the coming months. The Full Monty and Kinky Boots were two great feel-good shows, both addressing different, dark and difficult issues which are just as applicable today as when they were set and written, and sending everyone out happy and dancing. Also, Our Lessons Young Stars of Man was a wonderful night of theatre, with a great chance to see some of our excellent up-and-coming talent that will certainly be gracing the villa and gaiety stages in years to come. And if we're still around, no doubt we'll be on this podcast to talk about their upcoming shows. The Manx Operatic Society are gearing up for the remaining cast and ensemble auditions for their March 2024 production of Lionel Bart's Oliver. Auditions for Fagin and Nancy were held back in July, and they've announced that Mark Doherty will be playing Fagin, and the current young singer of man, Eve Pazar, will be taking on the role of Nancy. The auditions for the remaining roles will be held over the weekend of the 1st to 3rd of September at the rehearsal halls below the South Douglas Old Friends Association on Finch Road in Douglas. They're currently running some pre-audition music sessions, so check out their Facebook page for details of how to register and get your hands on the audition pieces before it's too late. Two Feather Productions are also beginning their audition process for next year's production of Jersey Boys. The first round will require registration through their website and the submission of a video audition. Details of everything you need to know can be found on their Facebook page. Registration and submission of videos needs to happen by the 24th of September, so get on it. And of course, we can't let this episode go by without congratulating Samantha Barks and her husband, Alex Stoll, on the recently announced pregnancy. Sam had a last performance, for now, as Elsa on Sunday 20th of August, before having her baby in October. She's due to return to the role of Elsa early in the new year. Make sure you keep up to date with what's going on between episodes by following Manx Theatre Podcast on both Facebook and Instagram, and X, as Twitter is now known, where you can find us as at Manx Theatre Pod. And we're also now on threads as well. Right, down to business. I'm joined in the studio today by producer and performer Charlie Williams and performers Ian Thomas-Dixon, Brian e. Grant and Meg Walker from the cast of Paradise Theatre's upcoming production of The Merchant of Venice. Meg and Bryony, welcome to the Manx Theatre Podcast. Ian and Charlie, welcome back. Hello. Thank you for having us. Thank you very much. Yes, welcome. What? No, as always, my name Hello. gets done wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Thomas Ian. Sorry, Thomas Ian. Sorry, Thomas Ian. Sorry. One of these days I'll get it right. <laughs> Man of many names. So we're here today to talk about Merchant of Venice, yep. which is coming mm-hmm. up in just a couple of weeks' time. Oh, yes, not very long at all. Very soon. And thankfully the weather seems to be getting a little bit better as well. Don't yes, it. Don't yes, it will. But it doesn't matter if it doesn't. Um, no, it's you know, it, yeah, it's looking okay. Mm. Good. So Merchant of Venice then. Um, when you were back with us ooh, a few months ago, you, mm-hmm. you did insinuate that you were intending on going outdoor with yep. this yep. Um, and there were a couple of options on the table but we've settled with the Villa Marina Gardens. Yes so there, we were looking at a number of options it was something that um, we, we came out of the success of Much Ado About Nothing and, and it, that went really really well and better than we had expected and Alex and I said well what do we do now we've got to kind of up the ante so to speak so you know we came on your podcast and said we're gonna do it outside um <laughs> and t- you know hoisted ourselves with our own petard to that degree and but we it was something we wanted to try and we've been looking at a variety of different venues and you just realize it's very easy to flippantly say we're going to do this and then the logistics of doing that yeah. come mm-hmm. into play but we finally managed to uh, settle on the villa marina gardens because we approached the villa and the Villagati and their new team and basically said look this isn't we we put forward the proposal they said they thought it sounded great they were really excited about it and it just worked it was just one of those moments where it just everything just clicked at the right time so yeah. we thought this works better and it's you know it's a brilliant outdoor venue in the center of douglas and so we 
grabbed it with both hands, and that's where we are. Brilliant. So, for those people who aren't uh, familiar with this this new writer, um, Will I Am Shakespeare? <laughs> I'm not sure if I've got that right. Um, so, the, the story of the Merchant of Venice. Tell, tell us a little bit about it. So, the the underlying story that everyone will know of the Merchant of Venice is the uh, played by the ever excellent Mister. Dixon to my right. Um, That's one way is, of getting the names in the right order. Is, yes, uh, yes, yes, <laughs> indeed. Mr. Dixon to my right mm-hmm. is that of Shylock and the Pound of Flesh. That's what everyone will immediately click on when, when they hear Merchant of Venice. But it's not necessarily, unless you did it at school and or you're really keen or you've seen it a lot, not one of the most commonly known ones inside and out. So it's not kind of a Macbeth or anything like that where people are, oh yeah, no, I've seen it a few times and I know the principle of the yeah. stories. So... It's actually classed technically, I think, as one of his comedies. And I'm going to say that in kind of a this voice because it's one of his more controversial ones because of the themes within the play. Yeah. It's been used historically for nefarious purposes by people who wanted to you know, accentuate prejudice and all of that kind of thing. And we, we deal with that squarely on the head. You know, We recognise the type of play that this is and, and it's dealt with. But at the same time, what we've all worked out and I've learned from doing this play is that actually none of the characters are particularly pleasant to any great degree. Yeah. Um, they all have, you know, everyone kind of goes, oh, it's a really anti-Semitic play because it portrays Shylock as this villainous character when where they actually read it in, in the way that we've done it. You go, it doesn't really actually. No. It, it, yeah. it portrays a lot of other people as being, you, you kind of sympathise with Shylock in many degrees and you see why he gets to where he is. You might not you know, try and do what he ultimately does do in the play, but you do sympathise with his reading there. And, and Shakespeare's writing betrays a large amount of prejudices and ill-feeling by other characters as well. So we, we liked that challenge with this one. We like the fact that it's not you know, an easy goody and an easy baddie. It is nobody is quite okay everyone's a little bit uh, everyone's murky, a little bit yeah. murky um, and there are things that characters say which you go mm, not quite comfortable with that mm-hmm. you know especially nowadays unfortunately however though the themes of the play are very relevant today yeah um you know prejudice revenge all that kind of thing but being shakespeare uh, and i'm looking to the ladies on my left and right as well it's full of uh, a romantic bend as well you know there's a there's a romantic story there's a lot of humor in there there's a lot of levity mm-hmm. uh, and the cast that we've got for the show have really brought all of that to the fore so i think it's going to be a great family show and there's some strong female roles in there as well shakespeare mm. did seem to write a lot of strong female roles yes yeah yeah he did i i will attest to that because i think Porsche is probably on the surface comes across as you know this wealthy heiress who is there for romance and for love and you know that kind of thing would actually really strong as a character and very much way more complex than she seems on the surface, which yeah. is really nice because I think often if I think back to school and when I studied Shakespeare and I think about that, I don't think that was really kind of emphasised that women mm. were strong in Shakespeare and that they had a lot to do and they had something to say. Yeah. Um, so it's been really nice exploring that and seeing it from a from a different point of view I think and seeing her as quite strong character. and that could be just just a, a change in in the way society is now yeah, as well yeah. you know there's there are, there is more more focus on on women in, in lead roles as well and maybe it's just the way that whether it's David's David's direction or whatever mm. how you, the, you focused it around in, in a different way to maybe how they would have done 20 years ago or whatever so yeah and I think there's just I mean obviously don't want to give too much away if you don't know it already <laughs> do come and watch it spoilers but uh she is there are really there are some really interesting moments where she is absolutely toying with the men around her and she is trying you know deliberately kind of showing her intelligence and her knowledge and her skills and that's really nice to see yeah um i think so there's there's definitely elements where i think she is a really strong female which is nice to see in a play that is mm. so old. You know, yeah, it's not yeah, modern writing. It's one in the room. Yeah. 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 yeah, I don't know if you can do a spoiler alert for a 500-year-old play. Yeah, I know. That's what I mean. <laughs> like, if you don't know it that well, then... Uh, but she's also yeah. horrible. <laughs> to be fair, she has her moments. Yeah, absolutely. Like, you know, like Charlie said before, none of these characters are, are inherently good or bad. There's yeah. a very human quality to, I think, mm. all of them. And very much so, the same with, with Portia. Um Actually, Ian and I were just talking about it earlier mm. and saying that there is there is a lot there. There are moments where you think, oh, good for her. And then there's moments where you think, oh, maybe don't do that. That's that's not a nice thing to do. Everyone dances the fine line between good and bad. Yeah, absolutely. I think most of them sway more towards evil than to good, honestly, yeah. in the greater scheme of things. No one is nice. Yeah. Let's put it that way. Everyone has some real darkness in them in many ways. So, I don't know. It's... 
There's not a lot of good in many of people. In yeah. No, and I think there's just there's mm. everyone. I think every person, every character in the play makes makes choices that maybe the audience will question mm, and yeah. that that kind of make you think about what would you have done in that same situation mm. or if the same thing was posed to you, mm. how would you handle that? Mm. So a great a great quote recently that said, "Everyone is the villain in someone's story." Yeah. Well, mm. that's that's yeah. a really interesting thought. Like, yeah. Who have I annoyed somewhere that really, you know, <laughs> absolutely yeah. hates the ground I walk on? Yeah. You know, you know, I like to think I'm liked by most people, but there's someone somewhere going, oh, that Neil Callan, yeah, yeah. it's me. It should have been me on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so, Thomas, Ian, Mr. Dixon, whatever <laughs> you like. So, you're, you're playing Shylock. Yes. How much of Al Pacino have you harnessed in your performance? <laughs> I deliberately didn't watch that one. Deliberately, it's like it's. It's probably for the, good reason, really. Yeah. It's the one that everyone cites yeah. as the one to watch, and it's just there's always that risk that you're going to bring something unnecessary or that's not right for this rendition into it. Yeah. So it's like as much as I kind of did want to watch it because I I'm a huge Shakespeare fan, but I hadn't seen that version before, and I have stayed away from it. It's like this is a it's a it's a, our own version. It's different. I just want, didn't want to corrupt Dorsey's vision with something else we'll so watch it next month yeah well, well, yeah. as soon as it's over I will go and watch it oh that's what I should have done <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In, in 2007 I did uh, Jekyll and Hyde with Max Operatic Society mm. and uh, I was given a link on YouTube to uh, David Hasselhoff doing a production <laughs> And I started to watch it. I thought, no, I've got to stop. I've got to stop. I need to do the show and then come back and watch it because, my God, it was... Yeah. yeah I do not want to let anything that, here sure. influence or infect my performance. I did not know this existed. and I want to see nothing yeah. more. Yeah, it's, it's, it's on the dark web. <laughs> yeah, it's been hidden. Yeah. So, Ian, then, tell us a bit about, about your character. Well, Sherlock, he's a, a moneylender. And as, as Charlie's mentioned, he's, he's not well treated. There's a lot of... Uh, anti-semitic feeling in a lot of the the people around him and um i think for the greater scheme of things he he does tend to let it brush off him but then as events start to unfold and again try not to spoil too many things it kind of heaps negative upon negative to a point where i think he just kind of breaks yeah and just wants something to he wants some revenge he wants some control is, is it all kind of tied around a debt that he's owed that he's he's not it, getting the repayment for? It started that way. Yeah, I think if it was just the debt, he wouldn't be so bad. But you know, sitting next to me is <laughs> my lovely daughter, <laughs> who heaps further heartbreak onto him. And I think that, in combination with everything else he's going through and already being annoyed at people treating him badly, it just it's negative upon negative upon negative, and it just I think it becomes too much for him, and he just. I think it just turns him down a very, very dark path. It escalates quickly. Yeah. Yeah. He's, that, I don't think he's necessarily an evil person. It's just I think he's a broken man. Yeah. That, uh, pushed to his limits. Pushed mm-hmm. to his limits and snaps and yeah. mm-hmm. makes some very questionable decisions and won't back down. I think it's just, I think it is control, personally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's how, I'm, how I see it when it comes across. It's just he's lost so much control over so many things in his life and he just wants that little bit back. Yeah. So it's like, I've got this to cling on to and I know that I can and that, it doesn't matter what anyone offers, what anyone says or how anyone thinks I should respond to this. I'm doing what I want to do because I can and I need it. Brilliant. Yeah. A troubled person, I'd say. Yeah. Thanks. Mm-hmm. So you're playing yeah. Jessica, yes. Sherlock's daughter. The daughter. Yeah, so... She kind of, um, I sort of, she sort of leads this sort of subplot, so not really involved in all of the, the main drama, so which is quite nice. <laughs> um, but yeah, so she ends up sort of um, falling in love with Lorenzo, who is a Christian. So obviously, her father, Jewish family. Yeah. Um, so she ends up converting to Christianity and mm. basically just robbing, robbing her dad. She just yeah. steals all of his stuff and Outright and flees. Basically, wow. so Nick stuff and likes it. That's yeah. what we do. Wow, mm. drama indeed. So I causing mean, dramas my of your own. own. Drama, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Got to be the centre of my own. <laughs> <laughs> you're the villain of your own story. Oh, yeah. That's nice. <laughs> Charlie, who are you? Are you sir? Salarino. Salarino. Uh, I, I wasn't sure? originally meant to be one of the. I was just trying to work out how one of the many S named characters. Um, yeah, well, it was one of. There's a Salania, there's a Salarino, there was a Salario, was wasn't, but yeah, we fused that with another role because he kind of had about five lines. Um, so Shakespeare, I think, had a day where he just decided to mess with everybody by putting the <laughs> very similarly named people in the same play. Um, but I play Salarino, who's effectively um, one of t- two of Antonio's friends who's played by John Walker. 
and he's, he's a merchant of himself and he kind of acts they're, they're a little bit of a double act to a certain degree but he also has some pretty uh, choice words for, for Shylock mm. later on in the play as well and, and, and certainly I might start out as somebody that you might like but later on people might go Oh no, I didn't like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it's 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 yeah, it's 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 not a major role, but I get to I I keep saying to David, I'll I'll just go into the scene. <laughs> yeah. I'll just go into the scene. Going, just no, wonder. stop walking off stage, Charlie. <laughs> you have nothing to say. Uh, you have no reason to be here. I'll, I'll just I'll just start at the back. <laughs> Did, didn't uh, you do that last year? Yeah, I just do that yeah. a lot. Yeah, I do that in most things I'm in, to be honest. Um, mm. uh, it, it, I wasn't yeah. aware that Rooster was in this scene. Yeah, <laughs> yes. We're in the orphanage. Why is he? <laughs> Why is he sing along to a hard knock life? Yeah, yeah. Mm, there's something. Yeah, it was it was dodgy before. But this is very strange. <laughs> um, but yes, no. So that so that's my part. And then um, what's nice about this one is is uh, there are three people, including myself, in this cast who were in Much Ado About Nothing. So the majority of the cast is new. Yeah. Um, and one of the big things that we had that's not by the way because everyone hated being in the last show. <laughs> um, just to flag to everybody yeah, and have said we're never doing it again. Um, but we we saw you know one of the things with with when we started Paradox that Alex and I wanted to promote was to kind of say, look, we've got the talent on the Isle of Man to do this type of theatre. Yeah. And we were getting a bit of pushback from people saying, no, you don't. No, look, you know, English companies come over and do it and they'll be seen by, by local locals. The, yeah. the three local people who want to see Shakespeare. And that's it. You know, three <laughs> people named Derek will go and watch this English company of professional actors and then that's it. So you can never do Shakespeare on the Isle of Man. Yeah. It never works. And so we went, we think both of those things are wrong. And we proved with Much Ado that you get the audiences and you have the talent. And with Merchant of Venice, I think we're going to prove it again because we've got a, a fantastic cast of people, some of who for their, it's their first time doing Shakespeare. Yep. Some of them, it's pretty much their first time doing uh, theatre in a long time. Um, and also we're now sold out the Friday night. We're nearly sold out the Saturday night. Amazing. We're, uh, mm. so, so, you know, it... it, it it's it's great to see that there's kind of it's expanding the options for people I think over here both for actors and for the audiences as well. Great, brilliant. So look at, looking at uh, the rest of the cast, then um, we've got John Walker as Antonio. Mm-hmm. Um, Peter Shimon is Graciano. He is indeed. Yes, mm-hmm. oh, you're testing me now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Can Dan- you pronounce the names? <laughs> <laughs> Daniel Sebastian Gray is Bassanio. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, Jess is Meg Walker. Uh, Nerissa, uh, that's played by Jade Boylan. So mm-hmm. Is this is this her first? It's yeah. It's it is kind of she she she's done some things when she was at school. Um, but it it was again. It's it's the audition process kind of brings out people who yeah. want to try. You know, Jade re- is really into Shakespeare. She's yeah. she's she's kind of a bit of a Shakespeare scholar. Yeah, and so. Other types of theatre don't necessarily. She may not want to go for other types of theatre, but this was something that she really wanted to go for. Mm-hmm. Ian's a close friend of hers. Yeah. Um, yes. And so. You know, Jay came in and she was really good in the audition. We really liked her. She's been great in the rehearsal process as well. And it's that kind of finding new talent as well yeah. that kind of makes us go, brilliant. You know, yeah. uh, yes, come along. If you know, the more, the more, the merrier, so to speak. Marvelous. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, returning from last year, we have Ben Gale as Lorenzo. <laughs> yes, we do. As as is uh, he going to be as thickly manx? No, 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 no. He's not. No, there are some interesting accents in the show, but they, we haven't got any. True. Ben's Ben's not re- bringing back his thick manx. <laughs> Thick Manx, bent was, double. That was a bit of a surprise last year. What? Yeah. We just wind David up and let him go. <laughs> I, saw, I saw a production of, I think it was Merry Wives of Windsor in Peel Castle about 20 years ago, and they, they all did it in proper sort of regional accents. Yes. And mm. it really added to, to, to the beast as well, because obviously it would have been like that in Shakespeare's Day. Anyway, well, Shakespeare yeah. was from the West Country, you know, he was like, oh, right there, hello there, my goodness, you know, all that sort of thing. Yeah. The whole received pronunciation was just still. Yeah, well, yeah. you know, one of I think one of the things that that David's directing, he did it with much ado, and he's doing with this one, is trying to remind the cast, you know, don't slip into the trap of the classic, oh, hello, you know, sort of like holding a skull, yeah. deep voices, and th- being very it's reverent very to the words. You know, it's, it's yeah. Shakespeare wrote this of his time for people. Yes, okay, the language is 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 old, but that's because it's of the time it was written. Mm. It's still beautiful and it's still relevant. And I think there's this reverence that people apply to Shakespeare. You know, sometimes it's appropriate, but it's meant to be, it's natural. It's about human emotion. It's about people as they are. And, and, mm. and the best Shakespeare I've seen is normally when people, you know, it's done as just how yeah. people would speak. How yeah. And then you, you stop hearing the, 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 the fancy flowery yes. language. Yeah. It, just, yeah. it just sort yeah. of washes over and you just, you just absorb yeah. it. Yeah, you, they could be yeah. saying anything and it's, it's, it's up to that translation. In this in this production in Peel Castle, I think obviously in Merry Wives of Windsor, the, there's a character called Phoebe, and he was like talking about my Phoebe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's <so> sweet. <laughs> 
Okay, who else have we got in the cast? Oh, the Prince of Aragon is Jeff Pugh. Uh, indeed, of course. Legend. Pugh Hefner, as yeah. he's also known. So the, 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 princes of, the Princes of Aragon and the Princes of Morocco are two of the comic relief moments in the play, <laughs> oh, uh, who Bryony has to tackle uh, as, as potential not suitors. Not, <laughs> not literally. Well, we don't know yet. Um, True, yeah, but there's, as, their potential, as their potential suitors. Um, but they're both, they're both fabulous. Both Alex Duncan, who's playing the Prince of Morocco, and Jeff, uh, as the Prince of Aragon, are, are wonderful there. They're nice moments of very light and very hilarious relief. Yeah, it's really difficult to keep a straight face <laughs> in those scenes. It's brilliant. How's, how's Jeff getting on with the dialogue? Because obviously there's considerably more there than there was in Frankenstein. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, he has, he has, he's evolved since uh, since February and has learned to do more than just grunt and groan. He's learned to read. He has learned to read in that time. Um, no, yeah, it, honestly, both of them are brilliant. Very funny. Uh, I think, yeah, I don't know that you could have cast them better really mm. I mean, just i'm brilliant. not sure if i know alex duncan so alex he's 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 got um a background mm. in professional theater and the, so he went to i think he went to king bills i'm trying to remember yeah, with I jeff like, i think he might have they, yeah, they know each other from school lisa, right. lisa grice um, right. yeah she's and then he went away but he's not done he, he did a lot of professional stuff he's acted in um in london in a lot of shakespeare mm, in, right. in the uk okay. he's acted in london he's done big outdoor productions in the in england um mm-hmm. so he was a professional actor for a long period of time then come back to the island i think he's a teacher at yes, Buckingham now Buckingham. Yeah. um and mm-hmm. he you know he has his personal life he has his family life so he doesn't do big big roles but you know this opportunity came along and you know we approached him and he said he would do it and he just came in and Blew the blew the gunnels off it, didn't yeah, he? Really, he did. and we he went. Did. All it right, was, yeah, it was fantastic. Right. Because... I'm really glad that he told me. He briefly mentioned to me that he was going to do a a kind of accent mm. uh, of some kind. Don't spoil it. I won't spoil. <laughs> He's doing some kind of accent. <laughs> some time, English, and I'm no. really glad that he told me before he started that sit because I would not have got through that. Yeah. If As he the Prince of Morocco, me. then um, is it Geordie? Yes, it is. Yeah, yeah, obviously Scottish. Yeah, yeah. Glass, really strong Glaswegian accent. <laughs> Um, so the Duke of Venice, um, I'm assuming that's the the father of one of these these gentlemen, is it? No, that's uh, no. The Duke of Venice is just the so so the the I think it would be called the Doge, would have been last, but the Duke of Venice mm. is effectively is like the 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 head of Venice, basically. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Venice king. is mayor, the king of Venice, <laughs> yeah, the because they were all obviously the Italians. Historically, the Italian city states were separate mm-hmm. entities. It wasn't Italy until after Napoleon. Yeah. Um, so when Shakespeare has written this, Venice was its own entity. So the Duke of Venice was basically the head of Venice. Um, the setting for this play is not actually the Shakespearean period. We've moved the setting. Audiences will see when when they arrive. Mm-hmm. It, it blends nicely with the environment that we're, we're in. I'll say no more. So if you think about the, the architecture of the Villa Marina, um, I've got Neil looking with, looking with, with suspicion. <laughs> oh, he's going to look um, it's, it's, uh, it's not set in 1950s holiday camp. Um, <laughs> but it's... I'm specifically pointing to the lighting. Um, mm-hmm. But it's... Uh, yeah, the setting, I think, has worked really well. And so the setting is slightly different, but but the Duke of Venice is played by uh, the excellent Chris Jagus, mm-hmm. who is in, uh, is obviously well known to Max audiences, was in uh, our production uh, of Much Ado last year, yeah. and uh, and has been in many musicals and, and many mm-hmm. other things as well. So he's 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 excellent as always. Yeah. yeah. Um, so there's only a couple left now. So there's Solano, which is Sean Rini, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and Andy Williams playing Tubal. Yes. And Ari Wilson playing. All the other parts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not Wilson yeah. playing everything else. Um, no, you know, obviously, uh, Sean's Sean's doing great again. Yeah. It's 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 opportunities for actors who uh, who maybe have not had the kind of chances to do bigger roles or, or big speaking roles. And Sean's just coming to his own. He's doing really well. Mm. Um, you know, Andy yeah. Andy as well is is kind of fit, both is filling in on as Tubal and some other roles as mm-hmm. well. And he's doing great. And then Ari, you know. Um, Former young actor of man, current young actor, current young actor, man. Do apologise, Ari, if somebody <laughs> come in from the hit me with a stick. Um, but he, we, ha- he was in um, Monkey's Paw that we did in the Easter Festival with uh, Ian and Meg as well, and he's he's excellent. So we're uh, he's he's, he's did very he, good. Didn't he win an award for that? Wasn't he like the best performer under twenty one or something? I like don't know. I don't think he won it for hours. He was in something else yeah. as well. I mean, I'm doing us a disservice there. Yeah, just claim it anyway. yes, we did. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he did win an award. Yes, he did. I won an award for it. Mm. Didn't win though, did you? What? Well, not the whole thing. It's all right. <laughs> <laughs> the photograph over there. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't even there to pick up my award. <laughs> so, 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 so. My child was ill. I got home and Sharon messaged me, are you coming to the awards? And I'm like, uh. <laughs> I went the next day. I went the next day and was like very apologetic and he yeah. very kindly gave it to me. He still allowed you to have it. Yeah. Yes. 
Right, so um, so we've got David Dawson back directing again. Yeah, doing a fabulous mm-hmm. job. Um, he did an amazing job. At, he, he, he and Sarah Holland, who was the AD for Much To Do As AD again, and the two of them are, uh, are the, the excellent duo that, that brought Much Ado forward. And so we basically turned around to them and said, the approach we took was, because we were a new company the first time around, so with Much Ado we took the approach of, we want to get the production team agreed and the cast agreed because we did, we want as few unknown variables as possible. Yeah. With this one, we went, right, we want to start expanding on our promises of we're going to be kind of a production company for yeah. actors and, and you know, production teams. So we basically facilitate other people's visions. Um, and so we said, but we don't want, we want to do that in stages. So we said, well, this time we'll do it with the cast. So we'll do some open auditions and we'll kind of try and open it up more, but we'll keep the same production team if possible. So there is one constant. Um, so yeah, David and Sarah very kindly agreed to be back on board as well. And Jude is once again providing uh, makeup and costumes and putting people in all sorts of excellent outfits. Sarah is mm. a good taskmaster as well, isn't she? Yes. yes. Again! Yeah. Mm-hmm. Again! Yes. Oh, oh, she's already Again. come in. Mm-hmm. We've had a whole thing about, about currency. It's yeah. just uh, <laughs> Don't just a whole thing. about Because we've changed the time period, so we've changed the currency, and then Sarah's come in and pointed out something is oh, actually £8.75 in exchange rates and you go oh, <laughs> so we're having to change it all around but uh, but she's, but it's that sort of attention to detail that you go oh I, I am actually very glad you're here <laughs> <laughs> okay so we all know that Shakespeare is incredibly quotable mm-hmm. and there are many many quotes from many many Shakespeare plays that are that are part of common language these days as well mm. so I thought I'd do a little bit of a quiz um, with a bit of a bit of a twist to it and it's the the idea of the quiz is is the quote in the merchant of venice or is it not so if i give you the quote and it is i would like <laughs> you to say I, need to know my yeah, I'm not gonna... okay, i would like you to say to be <laughs> okay and if it's not then it's not to be okay so let me just oh, there's find a lot of pressure. I, there's a lot yeah, of pressure I'm, I'm excited it's just seeing whether you know your script or not really yeah that's yeah. the issue <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Don't make us look bad. is it from the first several scenes <laughs> yes. okay so the, there would be bonus points as well that oh, if you dear. can if you can tell me who it was oh if it's not no. me i'm not gonna <laughs> yeah, it's not my line, I don't offer. <laughs> no you get to stay in the podcast <laughs> Too long a pause for that which you do not find here. Ah, oh. That which you see. Sorry. Oh, okay. All right. Nearly. Just checking that that wasn't in the list. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay. So the first one you can just you can just shout out. Okay. Um, right. So the number one is then. It's an easy one to start with. Yep. Just to just to get yep. just to get That's you in. We're all going to get this wrong. Let's all get it wrong now. Go on. <laughs> to be or not to be. That is the question. Not, not to be. To be. Hey. So oh, it's from. Gonna, no, it's <laughs> oh, it's from uh, Hamlet, and it was. Uh, Right, number two. The brain may devise laws for the blood, but a hot temper leaps o'er a cold decree. You said it was easy. (laughs) You just went from really easy. I'm going not to be. Not to be. 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 Unless it's been cut out of the version. Yeah, yeah. We've 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 made the cuts have been made. Well. It's Porsche. Oh, oh, so then, of oh, so oh I know it is the brain. Is is it? It's in your. I don't say I think, that line at I any think, point. Yeah, but okay, maybe you don't. It was probably cut. Maybe it was M- cut. maybe you cut it. No, I will. <laughs> no, it would be no. It would be me and Alex. I will show you the script. If, if, if we have cut it, I it apologize. sounds like a, it sounds like a Porsche thing. Yeah. but I do not say. Yeah, because we've we've anything. we've we've trimmed it down so that it's a, a reasonable length for people to be sitting outside. Yes. <laughs> and then just the six rather than yes, rather than when you actually run a whole Shakespeare play, you go, this is going to go on for like four hours. So yes. There was a line about that in One Mountain Governors where he says, uh, uh, "I better go tell now, but unless he's going and done a Hamlet, so yeah. what's a Hamlet?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. it is. Yes. Better be quick about it. Last time I saw it, it took me three and a half hours. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, number three. Then, by my soul, I swear there is no power in the tongue of man to alter me. Oh, to be, that's yes, me. to be. Yes. yes, the courtroom <laughs> scene. Indeed, it yes. is indeed. Okay, so we haven't got that one. Yeah, <laughs> that, one's there. that one's there. Three yeah. lines in the whole play, <laughs> and they're all Ori's. <laughs> so that's two then two, two, one, one got wrong yep. two out of three so far uh, number four then we are such stuff as dreams are made of not to be not, not to be. be so it's, that's correct it's not so who is it and what's it from uh, is it, is it, it Midsummer Night's nice Dream it's not no. oh, it's, oh, oh, no, it's not oh no it's not it's 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 um, 
Oh no! Wait, say it again, please. Is it Romeo? We are such stuff as dreams are made on. Is it um the Tempest? It is the they Tempest. Yes. Is it um Caliban? It's Prospero. Oh, oh so close! Oh, I was so oh, impressive no. for a minute. I'll give you, you, I'll give you half for that. Thank I'm really you. sad because I did really well on this quiz last time. Really, wasn't <laughs> <laughs> right, number five. Then the devil can cite scripture for his purpose. Ah, we knew this one. Say it, Ian. Say it. <laughs> Wait, say it. <laughs> to be. I why. To, to be. be. Yes. To and be. which character? Jeff. Uh, no. Um, <laughs> shut up. Shut up. Yeah. That's a bit. That's. Uh, that's not. That's, that, someone says that to me. I'm sure. Yes. Oh. Yeah. Oh, John, it's, it's John. It's Antonio. It is Antonio. Yeah. Antonio. Correct. Yes. 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 Right. Number six. To thine own self be true. Uh, not to not be. be. That's uh, Hamlet. Leonati. Polonius. Polonius. That's it. And it's or also a great legally song. Legally blonde. <laughs> oh right. Yes, legally blonde. Yeah. It's quite I was legally say, blonde. It's also a great song in uh, something rotten. Yeah, oh, there you go. There you go. Nice. So multiple shows. I think we it's, get also, it's also sang in Elf, actually. There you go. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and this most of all to Many. himself be true. It's a great, it's a great speech. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then he dies. Um, <laughs> Number seven. Well, Parting is such sweet sorrow. Not to, uh, be. not to be. So it's correct. So it's uh, another oh, Shakespeare. No, no, it's <laughs> uh, yes, it is by Shakespeare. It's, well <laughs> it's got the famous part. Is the, the beginning one. Oh, it's the line beforehand that's really. But my mind's gone completely blank. Yeah. Go on, Neil. Just pause out of our misery. On the spot, it, everything. It's goes. Romeo and Juliet. Oh, oh, I was yeah. gonna say. And it's a fifty-fifty. Is who it's going to be? Oh, Romeo. Romeo. Julia! Of course. We're doing well. <laughs> <laughs> okay, number eight. How far that little candle throws his beams, oh. so shines a good deed in a naughty world. That's to be. That's Portia. That is indeed. Mm-hmm. Well, naughty is yeah, Naughty. I get to say it twice now. I'm a big fan. <laughs> naughty. It's great. Naughty. <laughs> now, number nine. It's got a really well known this one. Yeah. But whether you know where it comes from <laughs> is another matter. Uh, all the world's a stage, and all the men and women are merely players. Uh, it's not, not to, to be, be as you like it. It is actually like mm. And it's uh, Old Man Smithers, whatever his name is. I remember he's an, old, he's an older chap. Oh, I did it because well, I, I did. The only reason I know is I did it in the guild when I was 14. And, yeah, and I did it. And then the, the, I, yeah. the adjudicator said, You need to play it a bit older because he's an old man. And I went, Oh, I've not actually seen it. I'm 12. Um, <laughs> I'm 14. Um, oh, yeah, I can't remember what his name is. Jack. Jacques. Oh, Jacques. Jacques. <laughs> and the final one. Yep. Final one. I'm not bound to please thee with my answers. That's me. Uh, mm-hmm. To be. No, 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 that's just yes. Ian. <laughs> that's what he says. I lost count there, but I think it was about seven. I think it was full hearts. I think we won. I think we won. Well So that's just the car then that we've won. Great. No holiday for us. You're listening to the Manx Theatre Podcast. Right, so for this this next little bit then, I mean, we've we've talked to Charlie and, and Mr. Dixon mm. uh, before on the podcast, mm-hmm. and we found a little bit about them. But uh, Meg and Brian, this is your first time. Let's let's yes. delve a little bit into your your history and your and your past. Mm. <laughs> How did you both get started, Brian? Uh, so I, well, I think I started doing before well performing classes that kind of stuff when I was about f- three. Mm-hmm. I think I started dancing when I was two, which is ridiculously early. That's unnecessary, but I started dancing when I was two. Uh, was in a choir from when I was four, uh, and then kind of went from there. So I did, I did more kind of, didn't do musical theatre for a long time. Just kind of did singing, dancing, and acting all separately as separate things, and then ended up going to stage one when I was, I don't know, about thirteen. With Jackie Hawks. With Jackie. And yeah. Sonia. With Jackie yeah. and Sonia, uh, and did that and kind of was like, oh, I, I quite quite enjoy this. Quite enjoy doing all of these things together. That's quite nice. And then ended up. Did lots of guild stuff, yeah. lots of that kind of stuff, and then ended up doing some shows with different societies and and love it. Big fan. Because we we first met in two thousand and twelve on yeah, Grand Hotel. 2000, yeah, two thousand and twelve. When I came Grand into the show about six weeks before I opened. And we were we were scullery workers. Oh yes, and, and we had crates. And also a, a, a lawyer. Yes. Oh yeah, also a lawyer, and I was I was doing Fil- filthy mucky as a scullery worker, then straight back on in about seven seconds later as a clean lawyer. Yes. Yeah. You <laughs> were quick changes. Clean. Lots of charting and. <laughs> Kicking, kick till you die. Yes. That was the that was the quote of that yes. show. Uh, yeah, so I've done quite a few different shows since with lots of different companies, lots of different you know bits and pieces. Um, and, and recently, I kind of I guess in the oh actually it's not that recent. Oh dear, I've just realised that you know 2018 wasn't actually you know like <laughs> two years ago like I thought it was. Uh, have done other kind of roles on the production side as well. So yeah. I was the assistant director for the ops for a little while for Max Operatics for Lamers and for. Ghost went through the entire rehearsal period for yes. Ghost, but it, it never mm. happened. I have also 
I guess last year I was kind of a sort of assistant dance captain for Young Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. This year for Evita, um, I'm the assistant musical director, as well as in in the cast as well. So so yes. different bits of kind Take, of taking stuff. over the the the, the baton from the the mighty. Liz Dixon. The absolute legend. Liz, Liz legend. Dixon. I love that woman. She's fantastic. She's amazing. Yeah, so big big and inv- you know, incredibly skilled shoes to fill. A little bit scared. But, you know. Have, have you perfected that teacher voice when, when like, I am, I Ian and the boys are messing well. around? Yeah. <coughs> it's, it's, it's the stare, actually. Yeah. She does, yeah, she does it in this show. I do, to be fair. It's just, yeah, it is. Uh, so, yeah, so lots of different things. Uh, bits, bits of production, bits of performing. Right. Yeah. Meg, how did you get started? So, I think it was just sort of through school really where I started you know I enjoyed drama I I always liked singing and, and things but I was quite sort of shy and then I always remember like when you're younger and you're talking to your friends and stuff and and you're like oh what what would your dream job be when you're older and what would you like want your real job to be and I was like well mine are the same <laughs> why can't my dream job be my real job <laughs> so then like when I went through school and I was like do you know what like I want to actually just do like performing like why not so they started doing musicals um i went to ramsey grammar and they did the first musical there for a long time when i was in year 12 and we did greece so i i was in that and that's what sort of you know that was the first time i'd ever properly like performed so i was like oh you know i'm quite good at this (laughs) so then um from when i left school i then i did um i did an acting degree so i went to uni to do acting and then came back here um because my third year was covid so i kind of had to come back um, and then stayed and then so my first actual show on the island then was Greece last year which was quite I always think it's very nice and quite fitting same role um no different role oh. which I actually thought was quite nice got to do different stuff but um yeah so quite sort of new to the local theatre scene yeah. really but yeah I've been doing it a while so you talked there about your sort of your dream job yeah what would be your dream role what would be the, the ultimate part well, for you to play I don't I feel like if I think about it too much, then I'm just never going to decide. But I feel like I would love to do Eponine. Mm. I've just always loved that song. Yeah, my answer would be Fontaine. So oh, we'll just do Les Mis again. It. Yeah, there we just go. Just together. Coming 2024. Theatre Company. It's a two-person production. To a We're field near you. Harry Wilson <laughs> plays <laughs> <of> the rest. Harry <laughs> <laughs> Wilson to play all of the yeah, It's not <laughs> all of the others. Yeah. Actually, aren't, aren't Parker Snell doing the, the play of... Yeah. They are, yeah. 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 yeah, they are next year. Yeah. Well, I mean, it wouldn't be a singing role, but you know... <laughs> You could try and just yeah, shove just it in really quickly. Like, yeah, yeah, it would be. Why is somebody breaking it. into my dream to dream? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yes. If somebody's run in with like a legal document. You can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a little <laughs> And on this new question, so this can go to all, all, all four of you actually. What is the strangest or funniest thing to have happened on stage that you've hopefully managed to keep from the audience? But sometimes, you know, obviously, we can't always keep it from the audience. Um, but for, for me. Both of them happened in in. So Annie was my first musical. I've had a couple. I've had a number of incidents on stage in, in plays. Um, most recently, when uh, when we were doing Dialogue for Murder, I did one of the coolest things I've ever accidentally done, and nobody noticed. So actually, that was the opposite. I wanted people to see, and nobody <laughs> no, saw. Which is, I turned round and I pulled a cigarette out of a cigarette case. It slipped out of my hand, flicked up in the air over my head, and I just put my left hand out and caught it no and oh, carried on with no. the line yeah. and just used my left hand. So I carried on talking, and in my head. Was screaming <laughs> in my head, going, "That was the coolest thing I've ever done in my life!" And Did anyone say that? Did anyone see that? And you could tell the audience had not seen it because they they they'd all left. No, uh, because they were. I was just by myself on the stage. No, they and it, and I was just doing a speech and just flicked, and I went, "I was like, that was really cool." And again, John Walker was. Excuse me, John. John Walker was in that stage. Um, I was on that stage in that show with me. And was on stage with me, and he was on the stage the other time in a play when I tripped over a chaise long, and the audience audibly gasped because I jumped onto the chaise long as Algernon Moncrief went over the front of the chaise and skidded down the front of the stage to the front, and you could see John just looking at me like this man's going to die in front of my eyes. And I could see the first three rows physically push themselves backwards, and I just stopped myself at the end of the stage, looked, wow. and then carried on. But the, the the worst one was in Annie because I'd never done I'd never done a musical before. And I had, God bless the wonderful Beth Thomas alongside me as, yeah. as, uh, Lily. as, as Lily. Mm-hmm. And we did, it was during the song of Easy Street. And every time we did the song, they'd put a rock and roll lift in. And I'd never really danced before. And mm-hmm. they went, no, you're going to swing around you and do all this kind of thing. So everyone would come down the side of the stage to watch 
probably I don't know what hoping that it would fail or something <laughs> would happen. Yeah, but we didn't know they were there. It was yeah. after the show that I was oh we all came down and went oh like that every time you did it. Yeah, Jeff just came up and said oh I came down but I could never look and I'm thinking why did you come then? You knew what was going on. There was no one else upstairs. The first one was I had to lift that lift never went wrong but I had to lift her off a desk on my shoulders and that went wrong one night and she had to just fireman slide down me like a pole. But then the the second night the second night we did it what she was meant to do was go onto my shoulders on the front I turn around then she drops backwards out of my off the shoulders handstands into like a back whatever mm-hmm, it is mm-hmm. stands up and we carry on the dance the second time this one of the times we did it it went well it went fine we shut on the shoulders and as she was going down me I, I felt Bing, 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 bing. And I went, oh no, her dress is coming undone. And the whole, and she presents, basically the whole front of her goes open to the audience and she as she's going down and I could feel the dress I'm doing. And so I just put, I remember putting my hands across as she came down because she's holding on to me mm. to try and retain some modesty for her. <laughs> um, hold the dress together. And luckily the whole thing didn't ping open, but like certain things were shown and she Absolute professional, just carried on. Yeah, but I remember was. thinking to myself, I was thinking to myself, what do I do if the whole dress just comes <laughs> off with my hands and she's just like stood there? Yeah. Okay, I just have to like cover her up and carry on the dance. So that's that's the most nearly, and yeah. nobody seemed to notice that. <laughs> they probably did. They were just very quiet. Yeah, see, Tom had a, a, a similar issue during Young Frankenstein did, with yeah. the zip bust in the back of her dress, and as Jeff picked yeah. her up, and then Jeff had to try and hide it. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was interesting. Yeah, yeah. I, to be fair, mine probably not strange or funny but a similar incident of almost decking it um i was doing rent many years ago now at the gaiety and i uh, was playing joanne and joy white was playing maureen and yes. we were doing kind of big song take me or leave me big yeah. song that kind of everyone knows is a big moment like a really kind of powerful moment with these two women and and typically it's kind of always historically been done where they get on these two tables mm-hmm. at the end of the number and they kind of sing at each other having this argument across I, you know, we always had a lot of fun singing it and it was really great to kind of have, you know, that that power to fight against. All went fine, all great, until very end of the number when we go like, yes, I'm leaving, I'm gone. And we had to climb off the table, except for uh, my heel got stuck and I kind of decked it off the table instead. And I was like, great, fantastic, just ruined the best song in the show and no one's going to remember any of that singing just the fact that I've decked it off a table great brilliant and <clears throat> you were saying there before about sliding down to the front and sort of heading towards that pit oh. and thinking I never know whether it's it's better for the band to be in the pits so that someone can catch you or actually mm. with all those stands and stuff you're going to hurt more than, than falling into an empty pit yeah. definitely worse it, during Les Mis I wasn't on stage for it because I was uh, the AD but we had a moment on the barricade where there was a basket one of the one of the women on the barricade had a basket full of uh, you know kind of fake musket balls but they were just kind of wooden beads that had been painted grey someone then kicked that basket and these balls started rolling towards the pit towards the orchestra Um, luckily we had the consummate professional Sarah Brew in the cast who then just lay across the stage to catch most of these balls that were falling into the pit but several did and were bouncing off the uh, like bouncing off the cello bouncing off the violin yeah yeah yeah. if you're doing can you hear the people sing and there's like like musket I mean, fire going on yeah. in the audience as every time yeah. the drummer hits something it fires into yeah, the sky yeah it was sky. like honestly they were just draining into the pit so yeah, yeah one man two governors there was some apples that ended up rolling down the, the stage and uh, off to uh, Johnny P the drummer mm-hmm. he was like oh thanks <laughs> <laughs> Meg you got anything I genuinely can't think you know I think there was where in Greece there was at one point where I was trying really hard not to laugh on stage and it was it was actually Ben <laughs> And he, because he played Sonny, and he, I was sat on like the bleachers, it was just before we go together, and he had like a four pack of beers, and he was speaking to Leah, who played Sandy, yeah. one of the beers falls out of the thing, so I'm laughing thinking about it now, it was so funny, and so he bends down. They're not exactly period beers. <laughs> he bends down to pick it up, and another one falls out, and it's just. Happened like three times, oh, and I was just sitting there watching it, trying so. I've never actually tried so hard in my life not to laugh. It was hilarious. But I'm like, to get David to put that in the show. <laughs> oh, please, <laughs> yeah. So funny. But like, I think I've actually been touch wood, pretty lucky with yeah. things going wrong. I know this is gonna be the one. <laughs> Come to watch me fall over, guys. <laughs> pulls, the, pulls the pulls the thing in the whole set. <laughs> <laughs> Ian, how about you? Surely there must have been a few instances in track. There's definitely a few in track where me and uh, Jonathan nearly fell off the bridge. But um, <laughs> mm. 
the one that comes back to me, and I've got to go all the way back to my final year at Balakamins, uh, and we did a show called uh, Candles, uh-huh. which was based around the, the actually mining disaster. It was uh, written by Chris Mabry, wasn't it? It yeah. was, yes. yes. And um, obviously I was in that with Dave Dawson as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was playing the Doctor, and at one point I'm on top of this um, scaffold, which is representing the top of the mine shaft, and lowering a cage with a little fake mouse and fake candle down into the pit to experiment with what's going on. Yeah. And the first night, they hadn't secured the mouse properly. So as I bring this cage back up, it gets caught, just as I'm reaching for it. And the mouse slips out the cage and falls all the way down, about six foot. And there's just a thump. Mm-hmm. Silence in the theatre. And it would have been okay. I'm not breaking yet. But my next line is, the candle still burns, but the mouse is dead. <laughs> and how we did not corpse, I have no idea. Yeah. Marvellous. Okay, um, ooh. What is the best and worst costume you've had to wear? Oh. I know Ian's answered this one before, and I'm pretty yeah. sure it was the Shrek outfit. It was, And, yeah. it was, uh-huh. and that was the answer for both. I was it was, say. Yeah, best and worst. Yeah. Loved it, but my goodness, it was hard. I think mine was the same as well. I think my the best and worst was my Alice in Wonderland outfit, I think. I think. I did. I can't remember. I'm trying to go back now. Yeah. Way back when, one of the Mad Hatter. I think mine are both from when I did Shakespeare at uni. A costume I really enjoyed was we did um, a version of Midsummer Night's Dream that we took around school. So it was only like an hour long, like dead snappy. Um, and I played Bottom. But we decided to theme it around, we used ABBA songs. It was like oh, Mamma Mia it. themed because cool. we were like, it's just like they're all on holiday in Greece. And we just managed to... <laughs> I think there's a musical based around that, isn't there? <laughs> <laughs> I had a brainwave. Yeah. And then um, we just managed to find an ABBA song that fit for every situation. Yeah. You know, Helena, you after can. after Demetrius, is like, take a chance on me. We had playing underneath, mm-hmm. uh-huh. things like that. So I had this great like Hawaiian shirt on and obviously the donkey ears, mm-hmm. yeah. sunglasses. Mm-hmm. And I did a scene where... I sang Do you, Does Your Mother Know but like really badly because obviously Bottom thinks he's amazing at everything mm-hmm. um, and yeah just the Hawaiian shirt shorts mm-hmm. living the life living your best life and then my worst costume was Taming of the Shrew I played Tranio and oh, she had me I did not get on with my director at all and she had I felt like this was a personal she had me in a fez and um <laughs> fezes are cool fezes are cool one may well, appear in yeah. the merchant of venice coming the 7th and 9th at the villa gate <laughs> and it's not me wearing it so i had this fez and this giant cloak that I had to now I'm only a little lady and I had this <laughs> massive cloak on that was like trailing behind me oh, we did this outdoors as well so in grass I was like trying to run around with this tripping over this cloak and it was like I think it was red and like gold and like very extravagant but mm-hmm. I just felt like an I want this outfit idiot. for my personal I'll wardrobe pictures <laughs> but um yes I love that yeah um mine but I've had, you know what, I've had some quite good costumes, I think, in the past. I'm going to go with probably chess because I got to pick my own costumes for that show. Nice. So I made sure they were comfortable. Um, and it was kind of, I was in the pop choir. Um, mm. There were only five of us. So we were essentially like a like an 80s band, yeah. basically. Um, so we star. kind of, yeah, essentially. <laughs> um, so we kind of tried to find outfits that complemented each other. So I just wore like a, I just had a really comfy black glittery jumpsuit and it, we had like 80s kind of white jackets over at some point and it was really great nice. that was nice really comfortable worst costume i'm probably probably gonna say this year in young frankenstein i had many a costume and many a wig in young frankenstein probably the one that was the most oh difficult was uh i was the horse i was one of the horses yeah i was one of the horses in roll in the hay so that's about what six seven minutes probably of if you watch the show a lot of trotting um, happened largely in in the dark largely Mm. in the dark couldn't see anything but like white noise thank you thank you in a onesie uh which was you know it was warm when you were stood still Mm -hmm. so after already doing the opening number and doing all of that and then getting changed was significantly uh, i don't know painful to to do that number (laughs) with that outfit there was um there was a number in Underneath the Arches mm. back in 2007. I can't remember what it, what it was now, but we were all dressed as jockeys. So you've got that kind of like one leg bouncing, pretty much the same as, as, mm-hmm. as what you were doing for like about 
you know, what felt like eight minutes. Yeah, it was just like one calf. Like your thigh and just burning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just walking around in circles afterwards like, oh my God, I can't walk properly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Uh, I feel your pain. Me and, and, and uh, Beth Quayle, who was the other horse, did did our own personalised stretching before the show, <laughs> <laughs> specific to the fact that we were horses. Yeah, Brilliant. In a field. Yeah, yeah, yeah. method. Yeah, very method. Yeah, went for a canter in the Villa Gardens before. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, um, here's another new one. Uh, so this this goes out to all four of you. Is there a new show with a part that you'd love to play but you can't because you're now too old? <laughs> See now, because that's a depressing oh, question. I think it's because in, in, in recent years Matilda. there's been, there's been no. lots of things <laughs> like Matilda, yeah. but also like um, you know, I'm middle forties now. Mm. But there's, there are shows in, in recent years, things like Dear Evan Hansen. Yeah, that have come out. I would love to have played Evan Hansen, mm. but I'm 44. I can't play a 17 year old boy. I mean, you could. Whether you do it well would be a well, different story. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I don't think it would be believable. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I is, there, is there a role like that that's, that's um, for you? I think, I think, not not an age one really, but but because it's obviously for good reasons restricted to BAME actors I would really quite like to play um, Aaron Burr yeah um, it is a role you're like kind of oh that would be great that would be a great role um, but as it's done it's amazing and you kind of like you know that would have to have our whole thing young roles though um, yeah that's harder that's that's difficult What's recently come out with, with young... With, I, I was about like, to say with boys, isn't it? I feel like I can do it the other way around in that I'd love to do Come From Away and I'd love to do the Beverly Bass part, but she's 55. Yeah. And I'd like to think I don't quite look that old. But well, this, by, this the time, time by the time, by the time, it, you, but, you'll by the time, by the time the rights are available. No, that's what I mean. By the time rights are available, you'll be you'll yeah. be the right age. Yeah. Um, I'm no, I never like the young parts. Yeah. I'm getting to a point where I can start going for the parts that I actually want. You know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think there's anything else. I can't no, think of anything no, for me, really. Yeah, because the you know because the the young romantic leads they're a bit boring, really, aren't they? Yeah. It's the mm-hmm. it's the character parts of the films. Uh, yeah. Weirdly, exactly. I think Shakespeare actually writes the best young romantic leads. Yeah. Segway. No, uh, <laughs> no, um, I, no, yeah, I don't, I, yeah, I don't know. I actually don't know. Yeah. No. Any right. show, well, what, show, what shows do you, are you think? Any shows you're thinking of? I think the other thinking of all the ones he's interested in. Yeah. 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 Like recent shows. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, there's, there's Back to the Future, which is which is a huge favourite. Oh, yeah, that, yeah. I'd, you know, I'd love to play Marty, Marty. but I'm, I'm obviously wading further into the realms of Doc, Doc Brown these days. <laughs> to be fair, I'd love to be uh, in the ensemble for Newsies, but I'm neither talented enough nor the right gender. So, yes. you know. But you know, no, these there are days... certain songs, aren't there? I mean, Santa Fe is a great song. Oh, yeah, yeah. it's a great song. Would I care to play the part? Not really, but I want to play the choreography is insane, yes. though. The choreography yeah. is amazing. Like, yeah. You need to be incredible to be in that show. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, twenty-four. Been... No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The production that's just just been in London is, is amazing. We've seen lots of shots. I mean, I know there's, there's a guy called Josh Barnett who was yeah. over here a few years ago. He mm. played um, Cosmo Brown yes, in Singing in the Rain, singing. and he's an amazing dancer. Mm-hmm. Yet he was in one of the smaller dancing roles yes. because. Just oh, the, the level the is, it's, the, it's like a staggering time. Photos like. of the boys in midsummer salt in splits. And like box, box splits that box are splits ju- ridiculous. It's just yeah. immense. Mm-hmm. So there's just, yeah, some serious dancing mm-hmm. going on there. That's, yeah. That's one that might be beyond the, 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 the realms of the capabilities of the local societies here. Oh, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Tone it down a bit. Yeah, I think, maybe. I think one, I suppose if, if, like, if we're going just on basis of too old now. I'd possibly say the Artful Dodger, yeah, as one mm. that I, because I was in the I was in the two thousand. I was too young at the time, really, uh, and also the Artful Dodger for the one I was in was Lorcan O'Mahony, who obviously <laughs> yeah. exceeds in talent and Lorcan. ability. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Oh, I don't know. I just won a competition, I think. Um, <laughs> no, uh, so but I was a workhouse boy, and that was my first show at the Gaiety. And I remember watching that, watching him do it, and also kind of like just having watched the films. I thought, oh, that's a really he's cool. That's a really cool mm. part to do. And then you know, then now I'm thirty, so um, <laughs> so I've, I've, my life's just passed from where I was. Going, oh no, I've missed the opportunity. Yeah. So that's kind of one that you look back and you go, oh, you know. At that age, but yeah. but in terms of new ones coming in, no, I can't think yeah, yeah, I nearly had the opportunity to play Dodger in the in the nineties, but something happened. I think my my sort of drama school teacher wasn't well, so it meant that she had to drop out of the project, which meant that I didn't then get to do it. Mm. I was like, oh, oh. <laughs> nearly the Dodger. <laughs> <laughs> okay, oh, one one more then before before we move on. This is the gender swap question. Mm. If you could play any character of a different gender. And that could also we could also include different ethnicities in that as well. You know, mm. what, what would it be? It doesn't necessarily have to be cis white, whatever. It can be whatever. Mm. I've got probably a couple because I'm indecisive. Um, <clears throat> so sticking with my lamest theme, yeah. I mean, 
Valjean. Valjean. Because I was going to say that too. I, yeah, I kind of got in there first because I thought you'd do that. Well. Yeah. You know, you're welcome to copy me because I'm such an influencer. Mm. Um, I probably go with uh, Valjean because he has some fantastic songs mm. plus yeah. a story arc, but it's a massive part. Like that's yeah. a huge part. That and then very random and very I don't know, very different. Uh, the show Once on This Island, which is no one's really ever heard of it. It's mm. uh, kind of set in the Lesser Antilles, so ba- there's there's not really any any white cast in that show. Yeah. Um, and there's four gods, and there's one called Osaka that is typically played by either. Um, uh, someone who is male presenting or trans who plays a kind of more feminine right. guard but has fantastic songs and great parts so that that mm. as well cool John? last time I was on here I said Lady Macbeth Ooh. keeping mm. with the Shakespeare theme um, but if we to kind of change it around it would potentially be uh, Elphaba potentially mm. or uh, Angelica Schuyler um, I think uh, she's she's a Hamilton theme with yeah no I know but it's yeah. the, but it's it's a good musical yeah, good um, so they're, but they're the ones I've kind of you, you see and you go oh that was oh if you could pull the mm. chops up I mean obviously you'd have yeah. to have the ability as well as the gender you just come in as like oh I'm now a mm. lady and then just go sorry not really for us um, so yeah they're, I think they're my, they're my two yeah, well, Hamilton really did reset the bar, didn't it? Um, yeah. yeah. Modern musicals. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Meg? Okay, I'm going to go quite rogue. And I'm going to say The Phantom of the Opera. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Ooh. yeah. I just love it. Yeah. Do you? Yeah. Excellent. So, That's not my yeah, favourite show. I would be. Could you do it as a Phantom. woman? You'd have to ask you'd, Andrew. But you'd probably also have to be a significant transposition. Yeah, Andy. Sorry. Yeah, my mate Andy. Um, you'd probably have to transpose everything, which would then affect yeah. how, yes. what everything else was. Yeah. Like, you could, to do um, oh, yeah, the, the Phantom of the Opera yeah. song yeah. and have a Christine that could hit the yeah. notes yeah. if you had a female yeah. Phantom yeah. would be very difficult. Unless you had a very... Again, a woman just going, going... That's who we want. An alto. Yeah, very much so. Or tenor. Yeah, yeah. Brilliant. Cool. Um, Ian? I think I struggled with this one last time. I think you did, actually, yes. Yeah. I'm not doing any better this time. I'm, I mean, Lady M's a good shout. Yeah. Mm. It's such a good role. But... I think you may have suggested Mrs. Lovett, actually. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You'd be yeah. a good oh, Mrs. Yeah, Lovett. Thank you. Would, you. Yeah. That, that was my choice. Okay, well Mrs. done. Lovett. Well yeah. done, Neil. <laughs> Ian would make a good Mrs. Lovett. <laughs> <laughs> no, as in my choice for me. Oh, uh, for you. Yeah, oh, yeah, okay, fair. Yeah. I, I, well, actually, I toyed up between um, Mrs. Lovett and Dolly Levi. Oh, okay. Yeah, fair. Both both shows I've done and, and love and had, had a lot of fun with and thought they're really good because they kind of they they carry the whole show really. yeah, yeah yeah especially Mrs Lovett you don't realise how much involvement Mrs Lovett has behind the scenes because she's pulling the strings mm-hmm. of the whole thing she's yeah. she's pushing Sweeney Todd down a particular route oh yeah she's very ma- realize, like, manipulative yeah. isn't oh, she oh god yeah. Yeah. yeah I think Mama Morton would be fun oh, oh yeah, yeah. Mm. that's a good part but it's not one that I've always looked at and thought oh why can't I be Mama she's like it'd be fun. Yeah, because it's a fairly small part, but you come in with a, a couple of big numbers. Yeah, but like mm. a show stealer yeah. part, though, isn't it? Yeah, like yeah. it's a proper show stealer part. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, when you're good to mama, that's a good, mm, yeah. good, good song, number, that. isn't yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> okay, right. <laughs> so, moving on to our Spotify playlist. Ooh. And I got it right this time. Sometimes I call it the Spotify playlist. <laughs> <laughs> but it's the Spotify playlist. That's a different playlist. thing. <laughs> so, back after the first lockdown, way back in 2020, uh, we decided to set up a playlist of what we thought would be like the ultimate musical theatre playlist uh, Neil King and I when we set it up we each put 10 songs in just to get it started because who wants to listen to a playlist with two songs <laughs> and then every guest who's come onto the podcast since then has added a song of their own some people have been fortunate enough to add a second one as they've come with a, a return visit but looking back through the list some of the things that we have we have Tony Eccles chose When I Grow Up from Matilda, Michelle Kane chose For Good from Wicked Jeff Pugh chose You'll Be Back from Hamilton. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lisa Kreisky chose Marilyn Monroe from Blood Brothers. Oh, and uh, Laura Corkle chose I Won't Say I'm in Love from Disney's Hercules. I could tell that would be okay. Being as you're a bit oh, of a, a Disney freak. You make fun. Uh, Excuse me. I, I appreciate Disney. Disney yeah. freak. That's <laughs> Disney <laughs> nerd. Yes, I, I'll take that. Okay. You were there Self, for self-professed Disney. Disney. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was. I just didn't want to come to Orlando anymore. Popped over to Florida. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I knew that'd be up your up mm-hmm, your street. Mm-hmm. So, um, Ian and Charlie, you've already added one. So, depending on how nice you are, I might let you have another one. But Bryony, <laughs> what, what song would you like to add, and why? I am double checking that it's not already on here first. I'm going to go for a song from a song cycle rather than from a musical. Um, and it's Quiet 
from 13 stories down and it's natalie weiss that oh, sings I it love that song. Mm, it's fantastic the oh, riffs in that song are so good and the story of it is really good as well yeah. there's also if any if anyone is interested there's a really good video of titus burgess doing it i, I think like 54 below in new york and it is just it's a different key because yeah. you know but his performance of it is fantastic it's really really good i really like that song brilliant there you go meg what's your choice so again i was like i can't think about this too hard or i'll just never decide mm -hmm. so i'm gonna go with rather be me from mean girls mm -hmm. i've not actually listened to the entire yes no i've not actually listened to the whole musical but i really enjoy that song i just like the i like the whole message and the whole mm -hmm. thing of like why do why is there just there doesn't have to be so much drama just yeah mm-hmm it's a great the, the whole show is great yeah the whole show is got yeah. those really good songs in there so yeah that's my choice mm. go on then charlie you yeah. give me the puppy dog <laughs> <laughs> um so last time i came on the show i i i slightly cheat because you'd already stolen the one i wanted to put on there which was wait for it by from hamilton um again on the hamilton i'm just like the only thing <laughs> i've ever seen is hamilton um but i chose from now on from the greatest showman the last time i was on here um which is an excellent song but a movie musical this time around i'm going to go with a musical musical a staged musical from chess and we do already have a chess one on there which is anthem but the one i'm going to choose is the american and florence nobody side mm. oh. um, which i which is the, just the the tune is just awesome and i love the the back and forth and the changing mm -hmm. and all that kind of thing and it's it's a powerful song um which you know you kind of like, oh because it was one of the songs mm -hmm. where you, you're like oh i like that hit me right in the Good hit me around right the chest yeah. um it's like a it's a proper you know a few yeah, songs from big, her yeah, it is, yeah. and it's kind of like great it really sets up the uh sets up the show so that's what i've mm. got yeah, back in back in 2000 with the, with the, the makes operatic society florence vassy was lisa dan cox lisa, yeah. mm. uh, david artist was the russian uh, Sarah Holland was his wife, um, Svetlana, Svetlana, and Matt James was, was Freddie. Freddie Trumper, mm -hmm. the American. So yeah, there was, yeah. as you can imagine, it was amazing. That, <laughs> yeah. that song, nobody, nobody saw it. It's fantastic. Yeah. Well, yeah, it I, saw, well. I saw the one with Damien. the last one they did with, mm -hmm. with uh, Damien yes. um, and Alex, Alex. and uh, Catherine, Catherine and Catherine Catherine yes. mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. which was great, uh, which was really good. So. Yeah, that's that's the one I've gone for. Yeah, I was having I was having some minor moments whilst whilst watching that. Re suddenly remembering Flashbacks. the forty second quick costume changes that I had between merchandisers and <laughs> that was literally my life. I, all of my costumes were at the side of the stage. I had no time to go upstairs. Yeah. See, mm -hmm. I'd gone from Hot Mikado the previous year, which was one oh, costume yeah. through the entire show, easy and peasy, mm -hmm. to having eighteen costume changes in the first half of chess. Mm. Like, yeah. Dressing room, that was the place you went to in the interval. Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> to cry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just clear up the mess of all the costumes, then get all the Literally the get them all set ready. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Ian, have you got another song? Yeah. Uh, thank you very much. I would like to go for Dust and Ashes from Natasha Pierre and the Great Comet. Of 1812. Of 1812. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Ooh, right. Okay. Mm. Excellent. I do not think Natasha gets enough love. I agree. Mm. That's not one that I'm aware of, so we'll have to have a listen. <laughs> and song Amazingly by Josh Groban. Oh, yes. So. Oh, well. You know? Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that's why it's basically yeah. I Josh Groban's in it, so it's great. Yeah, Fair enough, pretty much it. Yeah. yeah. There's there's a great podcast called uh, The Last Show on Earth, mm. which uh, Sam Box did an episode of a, a few weeks, a few months back, and it's kind of like one of my now favourite sort of theatre podcasts that I like to listen to. That mm. obviously that isn't the Max Theatre podcast. Obviously, yeah. Um, but within within it, they have a couple of little silly little features, and one of them is um, John Owen Jones mm -hmm. pretending to be. Uh, Josh Groban and the the person who's the guest has to guess the song and he's just like I love Josh Groban though I think it's yeah. great, yeah. great. Yeah. there's a wonderful clip of because um, him and Buble are friends yes and Buble takes the mickey out of him quite a lot excellent and there's a, a wonderful clip that I recommend to any fans of those two where he starts taking the mickey out of Josh Josh turns up on stage and they start singing each of the songs <laughs> oh, I love in that. a very light hearted way shall I say and it's uh, very, very enjoyable to watch I recommend it mm. heartily Brilliant. Well, we'll have to check that out. Mm. Mm -hmm. So, The Merchant of Venice then is playing at the Vilmarina Gardens from the 7th to the 9th of September with performances at 7pm nightly and a relaxed performance matinee at 2 o'clock on the Saturday the 9th. Uh, if you've not done so already, make sure to get your tickets from villagaity.com or by calling 600 555 and be quick about it because they're selling fast. Yeah, and um, bring, your, bring your picnic blankets, bring your... The lunches, dinner, lunches. Watch, out, watch out for the seagulls. Uh, do watch out for the seagulls. Well, that's the same seagulls. anywhere on the Isle of Man, unfortunately. <laughs> if you do anything outside, you find yeah, over here. We've had one meal um, lost already. Yeah. Yes, but it's, uh, yeah, and, and I think the actual, the doors are open for people about an hour before the show to allow them to kind of get bedded in and kind of have their get comfy. dinner and get comfy. Mm -hmm. um, you can't bring alcohol into the 
venue, but there will be uh, there will be a bar mm-hmm. on site. Right, I was and just about to ask that. Question. Yeah, no, there yes. will. Don't, of course you will, Neil. And you've got your own special yeah. fridge. That we were, <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. No. Yes, no, there will be a bar on site, and so you can you can purchase alcohol while you're there. Marvellous. Mm-hmm. Right then, um, so Charlie, Ian, Mr Dixon, <laughs> Bryony and Meg, thanks for joining me on the podcast today and we wish you and everyone involved at Paradise Theatre Company all the very best for The Merchant of Venice. Thanks once again, Thank you. Cheers. Thank, Thank, Thank you. We'll see you again soon. Yep. Yeah. Hope so. You're listening to The Manx Theatre Podcast with Neil Callan. Right, let's have a little look forward to see what's coming up in the next few months. As we've just mentioned, The Merchant of Venice is at Ville Marina Gardens from the 7th to the 9th of September. Then we have the Manx Last Night of the Proms at the Gaiety on the 23rd of September. The Christine Wilde Theatre School and Rachel Wilde Performance Studio will then present Joseph and the Amazing Technical Dreamcoat at the Gaiety from the 8th to the 14th of October. Then Stage Ed are presenting the Musicals in Concert on the 8th of October at the Ville Marina, featuring Stephen Palferman and his West End pals and some of the children from their school holiday workshops. On Saturday the 4th of November at the Peel Centenary Centre, the Legion players present a theatre supper. That's a performance of My Brilliant Divorce by Geraldine Aaron and a two-course supper, all for just £20. What's not to love? Getting us in the Christmas spirit early, Centre Stage Productions are bringing us Elf the Musical at the Gaiety Theatre from the 25th of November to the 2nd of December. And then just like that, it's Christmas, and Stage Ed are back with this year's Gaiety pantomime, Aladdin, running from the 16th to the 31st of December. And before we know it, we're into 2024. Where has the year gone? Hopefully, I'll get a chance to chat with some of those people on the podcast closer to the time. Well, with that, we bring episode 48 to a close. Thanks once again to Charlie, Ian, Bryony and Meg for joining me on the podcast. We wish them and everyone involved with Paradox Theatre Company's production of The Merchant of Venice all the very best and hope that the weather holds out for them. Remember to go and book your tickets by visiting the Villa Gaiety box office, the Welcome Centre, villagaiety.com or by calling 600 555. Remember to like and follow our social media pages to get notifications of upcoming episodes and events. Don't forget to check out our Spotify playlist by searching for Manx Theatre Podcast, and that's all one word, no spaces. There's over 80 tracks on there now and over five and a half hours of show tunes to satisfy your musical theatre needs. If you have any events that you'd like us to talk about or promote on a future episode, you can contact me through our social media accounts or by email to manxtheatrepodcast at gmail.com. All that remains is to say thanks for listening, and I hope you join me again next time. I've been Neil Callan, and you've been listening to the Manx Theatre Podcast. Goodbye. The Manx Theatre Podcast, taking a look behind the scenes of Manx Theatre. Man actors' life for me.